So the big question is this, how do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that most successful agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's competitive real estate environment? That's the question. And this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. And now for the review of the day. I right, got a five-star review from Troy in Virginia. In real estate, you must subscribe. Always interesting to hear what others are doing that's working. Guest share openly with solid content. Show number 800 is the best. You can hustle and stay humble. Some of us can anyways. Of course, he's talking about the Tracy Tutor interview, which... Um, the blew up on um, YouTube and it's still blown up on YouTube. We're still getting subscribers on YouTube. Guys, if you, you don't subscribe on YouTube, please do just go to youtube.com backslash real estate rock stars and subscribe, leave a comment. It's a great place to comment. I got uh, like over a hundred comments on that Tracy Tudor video. Keep the comments coming guys. I love them. And remember, I eat feedback for breakfast, so give me a one-star review if you want, or a five-star review if you want. I don't care. And the more reviews we get, the better guests we get. So please, subscribe first, and then leave us a review or wherever you're listening. All right, Rockstar Nation. Listen, I have this. This guy is going to be a great guest, and he was referred by one of our listeners who was very persistent in saying, "Man, you got to get Adam Dow on. You got to get Adam on. He's crushing it." And and I'm so grateful that he's able to come on, take time out of his busy schedule today to come on the show. So I'm going to jump right into it. Adam Dow, welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Thank you. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. Adam, uh, I know you're in New Hampshire, but why don't you kind of tell everybody a little bit about yourself so they get to know you better? All right. So uh, I've been selling real estate for about 16 years. I sell in a town that I grew up in, so I have a little bit of an advantage there. Uh, 10 years, I was with um, another company. I've been with Keller Williams for six years. Kind of did the real estate thing backwards. I started as a luxury agent because I knew the Lake Winnipesaukee, which is our lake, and the lakefront market better than any other lake market. So it was, uh, everyone was picking a farm area and I said, oh, I'll just pick this lake. I'll just farm this lake and not really realizing that it's all multi-million dollar, million dollar listings. And so in 2012, I sold 27 million with 23 sales. So my average price was way up there. And then when I uh, joined KW, I started a team. I went from number nine in the state to number one in the state. We sold um, 130 something sales last year with about 74 million. How many of those are on the lake? So last year we did 18 properties over a million and all of those were on the lake. So a couple more, maybe 20-ish on the lake. So so like describe this lake, like how many houses are on the lake? <laughs> well, it's a giant lake. It's uh, 17 miles long. Uh, it's 44,000 acres. There's eight towns that surround it. Uh, so you think of little old New Hampshire, but we've got this lake and when it, and that, it's funny because I grew up on the lake. So whenever I hear the word lake, I think of crystal clear, very solid, sandy bottom, rocky bottom. Uh, you can open your eyes in the water. But then I think when other people hear lakes, they think about that, you know, that little P 
piece of water that people call a lake in their backyard that's got the mucky bottom and things like that. So I remember my wife told me one day, like she said, you know, not everyone grew up with that giant lake in their backyard. So we feel very fortunate now that we know what uh, natural resource we have. Do you live on the lake? I do. Yeah. And my family has bought, uh, my grandparents bought a place 65 years ago on an island. So it's still the family go to. So my bikes and my wife's out there right now and my brother and sister live in town. So we'll just all kind of converse on the, on the island. And that's where we have our fun. It's fun for me to get out of work at five, hop in the boat and I'm on our little island at 505. That is awesome. That is all, that, that's, that's definitely, and it's definitely something that kind of trout, trickles down family, you know, becomes like stays in the family, right? You know what I mean? Well, that's, what's cool about the island too is because you can only access it by boat and it's a three-season place or, you know, one and a half season, the taxes aren't as high. So it's a, it, you have all the waterfront living, but the, the carrying costs for the family and the generations, it's a, a more uh, family-friendly atmosphere as far as taxes go. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. And what a legacy for your grandfather too, right? You know, right. Like, yep. Yeah. All right, cool. So let's get to some nitty gritty. So you did what did you say? One hundred thirty million last year. How many? How many? One hundred thirty units last year. One hundred thirty units. Yep. Okay. And so your average sale price dropped a little bit, obviously, uh, as you yep. as you expanded out, because only eighteen were over a million dollars. What's what's your average sale price now? Would you say it's around four hundred. 400 grand. Okay. And then and what is it? We like to talk about ECI on the show, ego commission income. Um, <laughs> what, what is your total gross there? Uh, so the ego commission is about 1.5 with the whole team. Okay, cool. And then what's your profit margin? My profit margin is about 30%, including the, the cost of sale of the other commissions in there. Yeah, everything. So you pull half mil out of it and... Uh, and you get to get off at five and be on the lake at five oh five, which is good, <laughs> good, good living. So, what do you do on the team exactly? So, I've always been uh, the marketing guy, the technology guy. Back in two thousand six, in my town, I knew what Google AdWords were before anyone, um, and I teamed with a, a website company way back in the day uh, with a promise of whatever I make, I re- re- reinvest a good percentage. I basically treated them like a referral. Uh, and said, all right, every time I sell a property, it's going right back to you. So they were highly motivated to make my websites the best website because they, they actually built me six websites. They did cost per click advertising for me. I met with them once a week about keywords and search engine optimization and that sort of thing. So that's always been my my niche. Uh, people in my town call me adamdow.com. And so I... <laughs> Uh, which is great. I, I walk into a restaurant, someone yells, adamdow.com. Thanks, George. Um, so, but, so I still do a lot of that. We're doing a complete redesign on adamdow.com right now. So I'm heavily involved in that, making sure that uh, we're up to date on the latest and greatest. KW is doing a bunch of work on KW technology themselves. So I'm trying to keep abreast of that. So that's a big portion. As with anything in real estate, there's lots of hard questions that come up when you're dealing with lots of buyers with 100 units sold, over 100 units sold. There's lots of problems that have to be dealt with. So I'm the one that gets escalated to. And just general morale and calling the agents. And you know, we had a call. Somebody just listed a condo that we sold. So we're like, and why didn't we get that listing? You know, that, those sorts of con- conversations. Um, yeah. And with the luxury end, it's a little bit different too, because sometimes it's hard to have a team and have a luxury team because people want to hire the, the mascot person that's in there. Um, so we have a, a little bit different in that 
we call them area experts and property experts because the lake is so big too. Well, um, you know, so if someone calls me and says, Adam, I want to hire you, I qualify them and say, all right, so are you a buyer or seller? Uh, if they're a buyer, I say, all right, so what area are you looking? Because I want to match you with the right property expert versus saying buyer agent. Uh, because I think a buyer agent is, it's a real estate term mm. and the consumer will say, uh, you know, so you're just handing me off to somebody else. Right. Versus just saying, all right, the person that I have that's an expert in that area that you're looking in is this person. Let me put you in touch with them. You know, so it's a, it's a different conversation. And then on the listing side, I have property experts. So whenever I go to a listing, I say, all right, this is me. This is what I do, the marketing, the negotiations. But this is your property expert. They're going to make sure the brochure is top notch. That's one of the things that we set ourselves apart on is our brochures. We want to make sure that when somebody leaves, you know, after seeing six properties, they can't remember everything, even though if we've told them everything, we want to make sure that they've, they have in their hand something that tells everything about the property. So the property expert ensures the brochure is good, the contracts are done, you know, everything online and promotions are done well. So, so I am part of the listing process and getting the listing, but then the property expert takes over on that side of things. Wow. And I want to go back to adamdow.com. I think that's hilarious. The, the, the <laughs> stories that you tell me, and I, could, I could see that in the future, right? How you doing? Yeah. PatHyben.com. Great. <laughs> Wilhelmina.com, you know. That's right. But, but, um, uh, but um, at so least we got our names.com. <laughs> that's true. That's <clears throat> true. So, um, all right. So let's say someone's listening to this in another part of the country, right? Or anywhere yep. in the world, right? And they're like, okay, well, what is adamdow.com doing any different than every other boomtown commissions Inc. Sure. Uh, site out there, you know, that hasn't been done before. So can you give us some secrets there as to what other people can do that's working well for you? Yeah, no, and uh, we're, we're doubling down on what's worked well in a, uh, some versions before. Like I said, we're, we just redesigned it. It's in production right now. But we know uh, if you go on, and we're, our competition is Zillow, right? Because there's tons of people on Zillow. They provide a lot of information. And um, so what are we going to do different uh, that they aren't going to find on Zillow? And maybe they'll add or they'll frequent our website along with Zillow because I don't think we can pull people off Zillow. Um, so we just want to get hyper local on really understanding what people search for. And it's not just town and price. So we go heavy on, all right, what are the popular streets in the area? So we'll have pre-safe searches for the streets. For us, it's easy because we have lakes, you know, so instead of saying, I want to know about properties uh, when hit the market in Springfield between one and 200,000, we have, all right, we want to know about properties that hit the market on Grady Lake, Lake Wentworth, the different lakes. So, cause people, like you said, the generational thing, there are people that have had generations on the lake and now they want to get their piece of that lake. So our website's really focused on not only town data, but lake specific data. So it's just getting hyper-local, understanding why people come to the area and having information that other of the national portals, portals just can't do. Tribeofmillionaires.com. Guys, write that down. Rockstar Nation got a free special offer for you. Now, I've just written a book and it's just been published co-authored it with david osborne who's been on this show multiple times if you don't know david he is one of the top execs at keller williams real estate was personally mentored for the last two decades by gary keller himself and he's in all kinds of businesses his bio and explanation and, and everything is in this book 
But anyways, David and I got together. We decided to write a book. We called it Tribe of Millionaires. And I guarantee you, it's going to change your life. To find out more, just go to tribeofmillionaires.com. We're going to give it to you absolutely free. Only thing we ask in return is, of course, number one, you pay the shipping. Not a big deal. But number two, that you go on Amazon and write us a review. We're really looking to get an incredible amount of reviews. And because of that, we're giving this book away for free. Go to tribeofmillionaires.com today. What's your definition of hyperlocal? I hear that being thrown around a lot now. I just think, you know, if somebody called me and said, Adam, tell me about your town, it's not just national demographics of things. It's, uh, all right, what's the best restaurant? All right, who's the best builder? Or, or you know, who's a builder that's available? What's the, um, what's it like in the wintertime? You know, how far are the ski areas? You know, so we have this graph that says, Every town, like so there's eight towns that go around the lake, we have distances to airports and dis- distances to ski areas because people that maybe aren't in driving distance of Lake Winnipesaukee but still want to come here, they want to know how far it is from Logan, you know, because it's going to be get there on Friday night. Is it a two-hour drive or is it an hour and a half drive? So it's more of, all right, what's the questions that we've answered over and over again? Let's make that available on our website so when people type it into Google, it'll come up and we'll be shown as the person that answered it. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. So outside of your sphere of influence, how are you getting listings? So given that we've we've had a good track record of success of, you know, we've been number one either in units or volume in the state, me as, you know, you asked me what I do, um, and we've done some, we've done a good job in the, the luxury realm in the last five years. We've sold the most properties in the state, over 3 million, and everybody has that um, How many is desire- that? Four? <laughs> no, I think it was 18. 18. Well, so, let me get this straight. In the last four years. Five years, yeah. Five years, you've sold more than any agent, right? Any individual yes. agent, more houses over $3 million than any yes. other. Yeah. Okay. And it was a total of 18. Yep. Okay. So that, that okay, good stuff. All right, keep going. And that's Sorry. that's the like that that's the top of the market because some people will say I'm a luxury agent because I sold ten houses over a million, but their average price point's nine ninety nine. Yeah, so it, three million is a is is New Hampshire. That's a big big property. Yeah, it and, is. That, and that that is social proof when you go up on a listing appointment over three million dollars. I mean, you have to just to be able to say that. I mean, you you you've pretty much said something that your competition can't say. Right, whether what it's worth is in the eye of the uh, of the seller, but sellers love that stuff. So, like, like, do you go on those listing appointments? Yeah, on the on the on the bigger ones, um, we, we like I'll have the property expert there too because you know I'm still not a detail guy. I'm still not the person that's going to be the most uh, proficient at gathering the notes on the properties, but improving value and having you know in the downturn when you had assessors coming out and trying to do assessments of property. I mean, appraisers, um, you know, part of my job was defending value just because, because we don't have a lot of sales. It's like, not like a Naples where you've got 600 sales in a neighborhood and you can really fine tune the price based on square footage, bedrooms, and, um, 
garages up here there's so many different variables you've got exposure you know is the lot level or is it steep uh, how many feet of frontage you could have on a tax map something that looks completely the same same amount of frontage same amount of acreage same amount of square feet um, but in reality you know one's a steep lot they have steps to the water and one's completely flat with a, a sugar sand beach so the pricing of things is, is pretty hard in the in the high end and and a lot of it comes with experience and then you know, and that's part of our value proposition is we know as a team and myself, what has sold on the lake, who's bought on the lake, um, what it costs to build on the lake now. Because you still, if you buy something that's existing, you're going to spend less money than if you build your dream home. Because every one of your decisions when you're buying an MLS is very fine-tuned. It's, all right, this is the price. I know it's sold. Let's beat up the seller. Let's get it at this price. So that's a different mindset versus I'm building a house. I can have this furnace that costs this, or you can get the Cadillac furnace that costs this. And every one of those decisions, why wouldn't I get the best? I can afford the best. And then their house ends up being 700 a square foot versus what they were going to buy for 400 a square foot. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a different, people don't get that, and, and you, you explained it really well. So let's jump ship and talk to your, talk about your team, describe your team, how you have it broken down, that sort of thing. All right, so I started on uh, one side of the lake. I grew up in a town called Wolfboro, and for 10 years, I sold in Wolfboro. I did a lot of referral. Like I said before, I had a good internet presence. My third year in the business, I referred out $6 million in closed sales. So you can imagine how many referrals that were sent out to add up to 6 million. So I've always had that internet presence and I've always marketed the whole lake. But in doing that, I just wouldn't feel comfortable taking too many listings on the other side because it's an hour drive to get the other, to the other side of the lake. So I had a referral network of people. I, I just send them, I wouldn't do referral forms every time because it just would take too long. So I just said, all right, you're this person, you're this person. So I always had a team, but I didn't know it. Uh, when I joined Keller Williams and they taught me what how to structure a team and the commission structure was such that I could you know, have them in the team and still pay the money and get some money. Someone approached me and said, you know, I want to learn about Keller Williams. And they were on the other side of the lake, the other, you know, kind of 10 and two o'clock. But so when I was talking to her, I said, why don't you just do the Dow Realty Group on your side? Uh, and that way we could cover the whole lake. So we did that about three years ago and she's grown a team to about the size of my team. So now we've got both sides covered. So we have two main Dow Realty Group locations, one in Wolfboro, one in Meredith. Uh, and now we're doing, uh, we've got ski areas about an hour north of us. And then we got more jobs and uh, in the seacoast, the ocean, that's about an hour south of us. So we've got four agents that are breaking into those areas. So we've got my established team, another team that's just behind me, and then uh, a number of other agents that are breaking into new areas. That's a cool story because you completed the circle across the lake. Can you describe like what that looked like, how you set it up financially, how you deal with, with you know, a call that comes in uh, that, that's on her side and she deals with a call on your side and, and all that. Any details <laughs> on that? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, what we had when we started is not the same as what we have right now. I mean, it's a, I definitely want, because uh, she's a very, uh, when she was talking to me, we both went to the same business school. We both were in the corporate world before we got into real estate. And we both moved back to this area by choice to raise our family. So it's like, all right, I'm here. I'm educated. I've got experience. Now what do I do? And then, you know, real estate, the, the buried entry is here. But I think if you've got some business acumen, you can, you can do well. Uh, so we had the same resume, which was 
cool when we got into business together and we said, all right, let's, let's try this. Let's figure it out. And we've had conversations saying that this part of it is working. Uh, this part isn't because my costs over there are, are high. I'm renting the space. I pay for her admin. I pay for the, uh, the advertising. So all of the costs are still on me, uh, but she does some of the management. So she gets some of the, when a buyer agent over there sells a property, she gets a small piece and I get a little bit bigger piece. And then we're still pretty competitive on the buyer agent side. So if somebody's working for us, they get about the same commission as somebody who's working for the traditional company in town, like the same split. Yeah. And it sounds like it's going to go great and, until she makes more money than you one year. <laughs> she, she did well last year. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's good. No, I like it. I, I think that's the way to do it. I think that you will make more, if, if you do it right, you will, you certainly should make a lot more profit than she would and, and because of her and because you're able to say, hey, we cover the whole lake. And then she becomes an area specialist. No, and, and part of it too is I didn't go set out trying to get, you know, form the team just so we could be number one in the state. It was just more of it fit. Like she was talking to me, my marketing covered everything. But now we're like, all right, well, this is, this is working. So how do, we, how do we expand it more? And it's, it's more challenging. And the whole reason for the, the website redesign is my website was hyper-local to Lake, the Lakes region. It wasn't to the ski country and it wasn't to the seacoast. Mm. So now that's why we're rebuilding it. And I've tasked the agents that are in those two areas to say, all right, now we need to get the streets. We need to get the neighborhoods. We need to get that information that made us successful here in the middle up to your area and down to your area. Do the math. It's worth every single dollar. That's a title of a comment that I got on my certified listing agent course from Rebus University. It's from Bill Reig. This is what Bill says. Bill says, looking to take your listing presentation to the next level? I've closed 100 appointments since I took Pat's certified listing agent course. Five appointments, five new clients, 60 days. Boom, do the math. It's worth every single dollar. Thanks, Bill. But listen, guys, I am offering this to you if you haven't already taken it because so many brokers and teams make their agents take it before they do a single listing appointment. But if you haven't taken it, you can go to rebusuniversity.com and get it now. Now, here's the thing. For 30 days, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you that course. I'm going to give you the buyer agent course, which teaches you how to close every single series buyer that calls on the phone or emails. The certified team agent course is taught by Jeff Cohn, one of America's top agents on how to build a team from zero to hero to hundreds and hundreds of units every year, step-by-step. Step. It's like a 12-hour course plus seven other courses. Yes, you heard that right. All for a measly 127 bucks a month. If you were to go to Rebus University and buy these courses individually, it costs you over $10,000. But today, if you go to futureofrealestatetraining.com, that's futureofrealestatetraining.com. You'll learn what Bill Reek did, which is how to close 100% of the listing points you go on. Quite impressive. And you'll learn all the other incredible details provided in the 11 five-star courses that are offered. Yeah, it's like it's an all-you-can-eat bazaar. You go in now and you pay 127 bucks a month. If you can eat all 11 courses in one month that's all you pay is a buck 97 this is a bargain guys get it now future of real estate training.com
So if someone has a $3 million house and it's yeah. on her side of the lake, would, do you go to that? I, I have, I, and, um, but I've, I've also done it. I'm somebody that's not a control freak. I think there's a lot of agents, mega agents out there that try to control everything. I'm almost the opposite to a detriment. Hmm. Um, and, and the good story that I think gets along to what you're asking is we have a listing that's um, $6 million. Um, it's two beautiful houses next to each other, family compound, faces, sunsets, and the guy's meticulous. He's, you know, the, the landscaping, everything is, is fantastic. And it was my contact. We had sold his kids a house 10 years ago. And he actually had listed with another agent over there because I was in Wolfboro and didn't feel like I could travel to that side of the lake effectively. And I didn't argue with him. I, you know, it's an hour away. Well, yeah, it's an hour away. I mean, it's, right. Yeah. So uh, once I started the team, once Kristen came in, I said, Bob, I'd love to come over and, and um, you know, give you at least tell our story and, and, and pitch why we could be good listing agents for you now that I've got this new structure. Um, and he said, great. Yeah. Come on over. We, we went over, did the listing presentation. We were both there. I try to let the other agents, cause they know me. Uh, I think they're going to assume that I know what I'm talking about, but they also are interviewing the person next to me to make sure that they know what they're talking about. And so we went in, Kristen did her thing. I did my thing. We, we split up the listing presentation. So I would do the marketing side. She would do more of the pricing stuff to coincide with our, our responsibility. So there was a strategy around that. And, uh, and the best thing about it was we got the listing. We had listed it for a while. I w it was probably, you know, two or three weeks later. And I'm like, I should call Bob and just check in with him. And I called him. I left him a message. And, and then I, I think I texted him. I said, just wanted to check in. He's like, no, we're good. Kristen's doing great. Like, I was, I was completely out of picture. Like, Kristen had taken the ball and was running with it. And, you know, that, that's great for me because the, the client trusts who I have on my team to handle their business, even though it's a $6 million house. Yeah, and that's how it should be, right? I mean, that's yeah. re really how it should be, and it was smart. I mean, it, it, you know, anybody, if they're going to partner with you on a $6 million listing, it's got to be sharp as a tack. So it sounds like right. she's, yeah, so, you know, and, and that's great that, that you did that. So, all right, so uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, how you're training your team now. What, what's working for you? What's not working? Uh, do you have, like, regular meetings? Uh, give me everything uh, regarding team training that you're doing. All right, so one of the big things that I've done in the, in the past year is my wife, who also has a business degree from the same school that uh, Kristen does in the other side of the lake, and myself, and our kids are getting a little bit older and she's more of a numbers cruncher operations type person. So she's come in and been the director of operations. Cause I'm always the, the big ideas. Let's do something and then figure it out later. She's more of our, how do we figure it out and then, then do it. So it's sometimes it's a great synergy and sometimes you, you butt heads a little bit, but we do Thursday calls every week and we, we did it today, 1030 uh, people dial in uh, today. We talked about how we're kind of restructuring. We've got admins in both locations, Meredith and Wolfboro. And we laid out, all right, this is what the admin in Meredith does with relation to listing. This is what they do in relation with marketing. This is what they do in relation to uh, the transactions. This, so this is like a team meeting. Yes. So okay. we'll, Google hangouts. So everybody, okay. yep. Yeah. We, uh, the Wolfboro office was in one, one office, the Meredith office had people in, in one room, and then there are other people that are dialed in. So we share our screen, put the Google Docs up on the screen. So it's a challenge. As you spread out, it's easy to have the team camaraderie, the team 
uh, excitement when you're all in one room, but it, when you're in different locations, it's just hard to have that same level of excitement or drive or motivation. So the, the weekly call, I think, is important just to get some FaceTime with everybody and have them interact as well. And then what about sales training? Sales training, I mean, KW is pretty good at sales training. Like a part of our meeting is they count on me to point out whether it's KW or outside training or, or whatever, the trainings that they should attend. I mean, because I think 10 years ago, training wasn't as important, but the everybody, there's all, you know, there's all kinds of coaching things out there. There's all kinds of training that, that happens. So it's figuring out, all right, what's worth my time. And so like today I talked about uh, training that if they had time on July 30th, this is our busy season too. So it's hard. So I go to a lot of the, the conferences. My wife is now going to a lot of the conferences. And then I point out, all right, this person's coming to town to train. Don't miss it. This is, this is a priority. And then I also point out the, if you are looking for something to do, not that they're always looking for something to do, but this is one that it's not top priority, but this is one that you should attend at least in the next year. And we created a seven module thing just as the Dow Realty Group. The first one, just an introduction. And it was me just writing down, all right, what's the history of, of me getting into the business? I, I think of my team as, or my career as the two kind of big pushes. One was teaming with that real estate company and meeting with them once a week and creating the adamdow.com that gave me the early success. And then I had some steady growth and then I did the team and, you know, with more bodies, you can sell more houses. And that was the next one. So the history talks about that. And then it talks about a buyer agency, seller agency. And then we've got all these contract clauses and all of these things we do that sets us apart. So there's some training on that. And then like I said, I mean, there's always good training around there. So we want to point people in the right direction. That's awesome. Now, do you, does, your, does your company have a boat that the buyer agents can show houses on the lake on or take people <laughs> out and show them the lake? Well, my boat's, my, the, the name of my boat's realtor.com, C-A-L-M. And I have uh, my, Kirsten has a, has a party boat. So it, it, and actually this morning, one of my buyer's agents showed one of our island listings on her boat. So yeah, it's certainly part of the, the fun of selling in this area. Realtor.com. I, I love that. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay. So uh, let's talk about buyers. Uh, first of all, outside of sphere of influence, yeah. what is your number one source of buyers? We get uh, a lot of referrals and um, I, I created a class and I've actually um, have paid somebody professionally and I've got a final draft. I haven't used it. I did a draft of it teaching, but I'll go into like, I went to Cape Cod, which is a feeder. Massachusetts is a feeder market to New Hampshire. So a lot of the buyers will come up from there. So I'm really made it a priority of mine because I was getting a lot of referrals just from going to the conferences. Agent, and guys, he's talking about agent, agent referrals because referrals were yes. the sphere of influence. So this is agent referrals. Yeah, this is good. Keep going. Yeah. So agent referrals. Um, and I would get quite a number of those just by networking and, and doing those sorts of things. But I, I made the decision to, to switch it from just happenstance to being a little bit more intentional about it. So I created a, a course called Breaking into Luxury. Like I said, I had done a lot of luxury before and it, a lot of it, and that's part of the, you know, you're going to ask me about the gift or the upload that I sent to you. And it's basically a, how I, value or price luxury properties and it takes into 
account, shorefront, square footage, and things like that. So there's some things about luxury that once you hear, you're like, all right, that makes sense. But so I have this training that's about two hours, and I'll go to KW offices or any offices and and talk about luxury, talk about selling waterfront, talk about those sorts of things. Uh, and in doing so, you know, one, I've done a good service for them. I've helped them out. But two, now I'm seen as the New Hampshire guy, the expert guy. So it's really doubled down our referral business by me getting out and going to our feeder market and teaching. Yeah, no, that's great. And I love hearing that because I think that that's an untapped market that a lot of people you know, don't think about. And, uh, and you know, back in the day when I was building my business, I used to always, you know, maximize the conventions that I went to and the, and, and the people yes. that I met and the follow-up and did a ton of referrals from people that, you know, even, even if they're only an hour, two hours away, a lot of them don't, you know, it's just not worth the juice and worth the squeeze. And, and they'll be like, well, let me just let Adam handle it. I know he'll close it. And, and I think part of it, too, is people forget that as a real estate agent, you're giving advice, no matter what that advice is. And if they're giving advice to somebody to use me in New Hampshire and I do a good job, they're going to get credit for it. And it might have them avoid getting an agent that might not do as good of a job or you know might not know the area as well as I do or what have you. But I think agents forget that that referral gives those agents a way to give their clients yet another way to thank them. You know, oh, you know, I dealt with the Dow Realty Group in New Hampshire. They were fantastic. Thanks again for referring them. You know, it, it's a service to them. What, what about a mistake? What's a mistake that you've made in your growth here from, you know, 23 to 130, 40 million <sighs> that you've learned from? I think for me, uh, it's always been my mistake even before, like, being creative versus process oriented. I mean, there's a, there's a huge need for creativity in this business, but if you don't put it into a system and because when I was doing the 23 sale or 27 sales and, and I had the time to say, all right, well, let me create this great thing for this one website and let me do this one strategy of marketing around this one, one listing and things like that. And that was my procrastination or that was my, yeah, this is fun. Let me think about this marketing thing versus, all right, let me just get on the phones. Let me, let me put a, a, a system in place that I can do for all of my listings. Now you can't, if you've got, if you're selling a hundred properties, you can't do as much creative. So I think the mistake I had was waiting too long to put systems in place because you can improve systems. You can be creative around systems, but if you don't have the systems in place, everything is just scattered. And it took me too long just to get to that spot. Yeah, I think that happens a lot. You know, I mean, a lot of uh, a lot of the top team people are are very creative, uh, very uh, good at implementing, uh, but terrible at you know keeping it all together once it's <laughs> right. once it's implemented. The endurance so. is not there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, what would you say, Adam? Um, throw you off with this one a little bit. Well, what's the weirdest thing you've ever seen in a house? Oh, here we go. Well, I actually, my weirdest thing and my worst closing were both me personally. I went into a, uh, looking at multifamilies before I even got into real estate, right before I was thinking, all right, I'm going to build wealth by buying multifamilies. And I went into a, a three-plex. Um, one of them was a hoarder. So we were walking through the aisles of the hoarder and the sink was full and it was just disgusting. The next unit was a, a marijuana farm. 
and the other one was kind of clean. So that was kind of weird. So I really got a sense of that. Uh, and then when I bought my house, the guy used the fact that there was $40,000 in liens on the house that I was going to purchase as an excuse not to close and use it for the rest of the summer. So I had closed my house in uh, where I was moving from, my wife and I, and we were just going to stay with my, my parents because I grew up here. So I had my old bedroom with one wardrobe uh, expecting to close on the, our house the next week. And they said, no, we can't close. We don't have clean title. So it took us two and a half months to close on that house. Um, so I'd go by on the jet ski and look at these people enjoying my house on the lake and me in my old room with one wardrobe and everything in storage. And then when we closed on it, the guy was blind and it was, it was amazing. He had the, the lawyer read him every single closing document over the phone on a conference call. So the closing was like five hours long and it was off and on again for like three months. It was, a, it was, so I have yet to top my, my own closing, even with 700 closings. Mine was still the worst before I got into real estate. A five hour closing. I mean, gosh, I mean, you, you know, <laughs> even back then, you know, they could have done that a couple of days ahead of time, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. No, you read every single, every single document, the mortgage document over the phone to this guy. While you waited. While we waited. That's crazy. That's crazy. Well, let's wrap this up with our flagship question, Adam, and that is this. Let's say I took you and I took nine other real estate agents. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I put you guys on a lake, but I'm going to say this lake is in another country. And uh, the thing is, uh, there's a lot of commerce there. People are still buying and selling. Uh, what you guys all have in common is that you each have $2,000 in your pocket. You each have a laptop computer and you have a cell phone, but you know no one. There's no one there that you know. No one knows anyone. And I tell you, okay, you 10 guys are going to get guys and girls are going to go out there and do it. Whoever sells the most houses in six months gets $5 million cash. So what are you okay. going to do specifically to beat out these nine other agents? With two, two grand. Two grand, buddy. All right. Well, I would focus it around all the uh, preferred or the, all the vendors in the town. Uh, if there's a lot of karma there, I would, I would figure out, all right, how can I help these people sell more product? And you know, part of the reason that we were successful in my town is I'd go up to somebody, like some people will say, I'm going to do a, a folder and I'm going to charge people to be on this folder. I'd rather turn it around and say, all right, I'm going to do a folder that I'm going to hand to all my buyers. I'm going to put all my preferred vendors on that folder and just let them know that I've done them this favor. Like, cause they're the ones that come in contact with the public. They are the ones that come in contact with uh, new people to the area. Not, if, not charge them ads is what you're saying. Not charge them ads. I'd rather them feel like I, I owe Adam a favor. Let me just give him this name. That that's a really easy favor for them. But for me, it's huge. Like that's, that's a sale. So um, versus if they gave me 50 bucks, they don't owe me anything. They've already paid me for what I've done. Uh, so I would be, with $2,000, I'd come up with a referral network. I'd come up with a marketing that would promote the businesses in the area, community type uh, locals. Like we have a locals guide. I don't have one near me. A locals guide to Wolfboro and to Meredith, which basically talks about, uh, there's an interview with me. There's an interview with, we did it for me because we didn't want it to be an ad for us. We wanted it to be a, uh, just some, and actually the bookseller sells it now. So now I've got this interview with me. I'm the only realtor mentioned in the, in the book 
and the hotels have a copy of it. Uh, the bookstores sell it, um, and we we give it out to our buyers. So it's like a that. it's an actual book. Yeah, that is the insider's guide to, and yes. your your area, and then inside it as an interview with you. But it looks like it's <laughs> yeah. you know Joe Blow. Uh, publications right. limited or something yeah i've got about five pictures of my kids you know yeah uh, it's and it, how, it, how, how long did that take to write uh my my assistant it, and she came to me with the idea because one she knew our commitment to helping others because they'll help you uh in the community and she loves to take photographs and she had seen this she travels europe and she had seen this book that's in another country and said you know what if i helped you create something like this i said i'd, I'd love that um so every time we sell something, she gets a dollar. I don't make a dime off it. You know, it's part of my marketing expense. But she was motivated to uh, put it together. And, 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 you know, the evidence is people love it and pay money what, for it. What do they get in the insider guide? Is it like like trails, like hiking trails and stuff that they might not normally find? Yep. Or what, uh, what's uh, so uh, insider Main Street type stuff. Yeah, it's off Main, main Street type, type stuff. Um, it gives um, history of, uh, like, there's a there's a inn that's two doors down from us that they was completely renovated. Uh, it was going to be turned into a more com- commercial spot. So the people that bought it wanted to restore it, keep the integrity of main street and, and turn it into an inn. So we have an interview with them describing, you know, their, their mindset behind that. Why did, why they did that. So it's, it's stories versus, and there's no ads. It's just, uh, and we've monetized it a little bit. The next, print run that we're going to do we asked 10 people if they wanted to have a two-page spread in there not to put an ad in but to have an interview and pictures of their business so yes it is an ad and we're we're basically splitting the cost of the print run because they're kind of expensive to print because they're i think it's eight dollars a piece so we're going to do another 250 we're going to feature 10 more businesses but it's when you look through it it doesn't look like there's any ads whatsoever Wow, that sounds beautiful. I'd love to see that. Um, oh, oh, let me, uh, so this is the Merida side. Guys, if you're not on YouTube, you want to go to YouTube and, and uh, yeah, so I mean, to the end. Forget it, but it's just so that you don't see any ads. So uh, I'll send you a link. Legit, that's a legitimate book. Yeah, that's awesome. Nice color pictures and everything. So let's talk about your free gift, Adam. Uh, you mentioned it before and uh, it sounds brilliant, but I'll let you explain it. So in the luxury realm, uh, people want to understand that you know the value of a property and more importantly they want you to understand the value of their property because when they built it it's kind of like when people we talked about the new construction they've got the 50-year roof versus the 30-year roof they got you know the extended warranty on things they they did all of these decisions one by one and in doing so it made them spend more money and their total cost of construction was was huge and and now I tell people the the hardest challenge of selling a luxury property is one that's 20 years old because they spent a ton of money 20 years ago to build this house. And, and so they place a lot of value on it, but it might be sitting on this piece of ground that has a beach, a boathouse, a giant dock, sunsets, you know, all those sorts of things. So now you've got a buyer that really wants to get at that piece of ground, but it's not, not placing enough value in the house. So you've got this house that, it's very hard to determine value. What's the owner and what's the buyer and what can they agree that the value of this house is? So I was having problems with that. So I created a spreadsheet to where it's easy to, easier to place a value on the, on the, on the land because you have these uh, pieces of property that have been 
purchased and torn down. So there's land price. So around here, it's 1.3, 1.5, 1.75. That's kind of three different levels of land here. So I took the recent sales in the town. I took out the land price. And then I have a column that says value of the home. So that's basically what people will buy used homes for. And a lot of them, they were very expensive to build, but it's very hard to get above 300, 350 for a used house after you take out the land value. So the spreadsheet that I uploaded has all kinds of different columns. It's got the address and all that kind of stuff, but it's got shorefront. So it actually takes out uh, the land value and breaks it down by shorefront because that's what people like to see. All right, I've got 100 feet of frontage. But, you know, that one sold over there with 100 feet of frontage. I have 200 feet of frontage. What's mine worth? So it breaks that out. I also have on that spreadsheet uh, the estimate and the assessment uh, at the time of the sale, the town assessment, because it just gives me data points to talk to the educated buyer or seller about. Um, and that $6 million or no, a different $6 million listing that I actually sold, I had both sides of the, the transaction. Uh, and the builder of the home, built the house so it would be, it couldn't be taxed as heavily as if he built it a different way. He actually put more square footage below grade, but it was, it was beautiful. It was three bedrooms, theater, bar, you know, it was, it was beautiful. But understanding that the town that he built it in, they taxed that part of the house at a lower property. And the week before closing, the buyer looked at the assessment, and I guess that's my fault for the first time, and was like, I'm only being assessed at this. And it was very, it was questioning the value. Am I paying too much for this and all that kind of stuff? Then I brought him through this spreadsheet and brought him through the actual numbers. And it, it's not like the, the high end person can't afford something. It's they don't want to overpay for something. Yeah, so, no one does. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. <laughs> and so, but once I went through the numbers, I went through the spreadsheet and I was probably an hour into a three hour conversation when I thought to send him the spreadsheet. So I sent him the spreadsheet. And after going through, he's like, you know what, Adam, this is great. I understand what you're saying. I understand the value. Let's go to closing. So that's what I uploaded. It's, it's a, it's a copy. It's a little bit older version, but it's a copy. It has, and that's what I, in that breaking into luxury class, I talk about figure out a way to determine value in your town that Zillow doesn't and figure out a way to determine value in your town. That's better than Zillow because Zillow's the, the sample size is huge. The algorithms are there, but they don't work perfectly as you get smaller into a micro neighborhood. So if you can figure out uh, the cost of first floor bedrooms versus second floor bedrooms, or you know, one acre lots versus two acre lots, like find the niche of the luxury buyer, what they're looking for, and make, make charts and graphs and all that kind of thing out of that. That's awesome, guys. You're going to want that free gift. That's uh, one of the better ones. I mean, you're definitely going to want to, I mean, that's great. I think it's great. The more information you give the seller, uh, the, the more professional you appear and on the first time you meet them. So guys, that's going to be at hybendigital.com backslash Adam Dow. That's hybendigital.com backslash Adam Dow. I'm also going to put it in the agent success toolbox, which could be found with that and with hundreds of other free gifts that other guests have brought at hybendigital.com backslash toolbox. Or of course you could text the word Toolbox to 444-999. That's Toolbox to 444-999. I'm going to put Adam's social media links. I'm going to put Adam's contact information. You got a referral to, sell, to send him in New Hampshire. And if you want to reach out and just say thanks for sharing. And uh, Adam, this has been awesome, dude. If I'm ever up in your neck of the woods, I will definitely look you up and we go out on a boat ride. Realtor.com. <laughs> <laughs> Realtor.com. <laughs> 
Thank you. As a member of the Rockstar Nation, you may have noticed that every guest that comes on the show now is required to bring with them a free tool, an item of utility that real estate agents can use to drastically increase their sales and profits. Some of the things that have been brought have been ebooks, forms, reports, negotiating techniques, hiring guides, postcards, checklists, open house secrets, newsletters that are sent out, sphere of influence forms, referral request forms, and the list goes on and on. If you would like to get this free toolbox full of items of utility, simply go to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox. That's hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply text toolbox to 444-999. That's toolbox to 444-999. Rockstar Nation, thank you for listening to Real Estate Rockstars. Listen, I need a favor. If you find this free content helpful, if you find our downloadable items from each guest helpful, please, I need you to pull out your pointing finger. Yes, the one finger that points at people and hit subscribe. Yes, subscribe. The more subscribers we get, the better we look in the ratings and the easier it is to get guests like Robert Kiyosaki, Barbara Corcoran, all the players that are on a million dollar listing in the different cities. All that stuff makes it easier the more subscribers we get. So please subscribe. And listen, there's a lot of places you can leave comments. There's a lot of places you can like. We're on Facebook. We have an Instagram page. Instagram page is I am Pat Hyben. The Facebook is Real Estate Rockstars Radio. Feel free to leave us comments there. The most popular form of commenting seems to happen on YouTube. Yes, for whatever reason, it's a very open environment. So just go to YouTube and go to Real Estate Rockstars Radio and leave us comments there. Some of them we will read on the show. And we love your feedback. So thanks, guys. And I hope you are having a great day. Oh, and also, listen, if you're going to subscribe and you haven't already left us a, a review on iTunes, please do that too. Have a great day, and thanks so much, Rockstar Nation. I really appreciate you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.